What's good, everyone? My name is Jacob Moses, and welcome to another episode of The Not Boring Tech Writer, where in each episode, we focus on a different skill that you can learn to enhance your skill set, improve your marketability, diversify your career, and ultimately break the stereotype that technical writing is a boring career. Y'all, we got a special yet somewhat sobering episode to share with you all today. As I say a fond farewell as host of the Not Boring Tech Writer. I've been hosting the Not Boring Tech Writer, um, admittedly on and off, since uh, spring of 2016. These past four years have been such a joy. I've met so many great, kind, talented tech writers who've been willing to share their hard-earned insights with us to help us become Not Boring Tech Writers in this exciting yet ever-evolving field. What prompted this shift um, is some career changes in my own life. In June of 2020, I started as executive director at the Denton Affordable Housing Corporation. So not too deep in the tech writing game these days, but wanted to make sure that if we could find the right host, who equally believed in this mission that tech writing is a not boring career. I want to see it live on. Which brings me to some exciting news. Knowledge Owl, a fantastic knowledge-based software company and longtime sponsor of the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast, has acquired the podcast. It's super exciting. This is a, um, a longtime partnership with a great organization. Um, their CEO and founder, Mary Beth, has been a friend and colleague of mine, even before we started the podcast. And as I've gotten to know, she and the great crew at Knowledge Owl, they just have a relentless, inspiring commitment to the tech writing community and every documentarian out there who wants to, you know, ramp up their own skill sets or build a community in TechCom to continuing this theme of breaking the stereotype that tech writing is a not boring career. And y'all, the podcast is not going anywhere. Knowledge Owl is gonna be producing content, both with the podcast and maybe some more goodies, which you'll learn in this episode, um, in early 2021. In this episode, I have Mary Beth, who is the founder of Knowledge Owl, and the new host, Jared Doran, joining me to chat a little bit about the past, what these past four years have been like, the great guests, listeners, and takeaways we've had over that time, and also the future. Again, Knowledge Owl has a long-time commitment to this community and has some really exciting things planned to complement the podcast. So we're talking not only audio, but creating a whole online community around this philosophy that the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast has advocated for over these past four years. Before we move into this episode, I'd like to say um, just how grateful I am to have been able to be the host of this podcast for the past four years and meet so many good folk along the way. Um, every episode is so special. As you'll learn in this episode, my favorite part is just the, the little mini communities all of you build thereafter. Um, it has been such a joy, and I'm really excited to see what's next as Knowledge Owl takes the reins of the Not Boring Tech Rider. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. 
and we'll talk soon. Jared, Mary Beth, what's going on? How are y'all today? I'm I'm very well. I'm very excited to be recording this episode with Mary Beth. Hey, Mary Beth. Hey, I'm really excited too. It's my first podcast. Got a couple knowledge owl folk. This is fun. We've had, of course, Jared's been co-hosting with me the past few episodes. Kate, another knowledge owl folk, joined us to talk knowledge-based softwares. And now we get Mary Beth, what's your, I'm going to say owl name, but I know there's like a better term for having like a, a My nickname. title? Yeah, your, your title. My actual title. Yeah. I prefer owl name. <laughs> uh, chief, what, what is it, Mary Beth? Chief Executive Owl. I am the CEO. Chief Executive Owl at Knowledge Owl. Um, Jared, Mary Beth, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is a uh, a special episode, a, um, a somewhat sobering episode, but also a um, really exciting episode um, as we look at the future, as we announce that this is my last episode as host of the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast, as we pass it on to um, Nal Jowell, and specifically Mr. Jared here, who I imagine several of y'all have gotten to know over these past few episodes as they begin to lead this really exciting new chapter of the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast. So in this first half of the episode, uh, the Knowledge Owl folk um, and I are going to talk a little bit about just the story of the Not Boring Tech Writer. It um, came from a place that I imagine many of you have maybe found yourselves in as well. Um, and just feeling like people don't really vibe with your career. Um, they hear that you're a tech writer um, and they maybe have some some preconceptions, some stereotypes about the kind of work that you do um, that they may perceive you as boring, even though that's absolutely not the case. Talk a little bit about the, um, the ups and downs of the podcast, all the great folk we brought in along the way. And then the second half, um, I'll get to speak with Mary Beth and Jared about what the future is going to look like. They have a really great vision for the podcast, one of which is going to, you know, keep showing a lot of love to the philosophy of the Not Boring Tech Writer, but also including some new elements that I think each of you will really enjoy while also contributing to this great tech com community that we have between Write the Docs, um, I'd Rather Be Writing. I'm sure there's a huge list now. I feel like every time I look at LinkedIn, um, there's new communities um, popping up, so um, this is gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's uh, it's it's the passing of the baton. Uh, it's a very it feels like a heavy responsibility, um, but I I've definitely been learning from the best. Jacob has been so good with me. He's he's helped me out with everything, and um, I know there's a there's a community built up around the Not Boring Tech Writer, and I'm hoping that I can uh, continue to do it justice and do Jacob proud as we go ahead. Guys, it got me really emotional. That's so sweet. sweet. (laughs) I was just going to say that like you and Mary Beth's relationship goes back further than even when I've known Mary Beth. So like how, what, what is you guys story? How did you guys meet each other? How do you know each other? It was the best. So (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I finished university here in Denton, Texas in May of 2015. And then shortly thereafter, I believe that August, moved up to Boulder um, to begin my career and my very first job out of university as a technical writer for a company called Rainmaker Digital. And right away, um, I think I was just looking for kinfolk to kick it with, specifically in the, the tech comm space. Um, and there were a few tech-oriented groups, of course, knowing Boulder. Um, she, she something, it slips my mind. She rocks, maybe. Um, a few different groups. But then discovered a local write the docs. What was it? A write the docs meetup, Mary Beth. I can tell you, it was the inaugural Boulder wow. Denver write the docs meetup, January twenty eighth, twenty sixteen. Wow. Thank you to meetup.com. Yes. I got a little tidbit for you, and coming in, I'm in this chat. If you want to check that, check it out. Oh, please. We even made it, Jacob, into a photo from our meetup. Oh, let me see this. No. <laughs> I remember That's this great cat. photo. The, the, the cat on the left, he was customer support at Survey Gizmo. Um, he was. It's Nate. He's a, he's a developer now. Nate. Wow. That, that was yeah. a great turnout, too. The inaugural one. There were a handful of folk there. Yeah, there were. I could probably find them out if I could look this up. But, yeah, we, it was a really nice thing. I remember we had shrimp cocktails. And that was all. Yes. Good. Survey yes. Gizmo did a really nice spread for us. I was really excited. I didn't know if anyone was going to show up to our first Write the Docs meetup. And we had a really nice turnout. It might be useful to get to, to tell our uh, listeners here that right now we're looking at a photograph right now of um, the Write the Docs meetup in 2016 with what I can only describe as baby Jacob in this uh, picture. It was, only, it, was only four year, it was only four years ago, but uh, having seen you more recently, you do look quite fresh-faced and kind of ready to go. Um, maybe we'll put a link if, if it's all right with Jacob we can put a link up to this in the in the show notes this week this is still very much my look like I'm rocking <laughs> I got the Daniel Wellington watch on the left hand you know I got a pair of Levi 510s on and then <laughs> my Drake crew slim fit button up no beard yet though I notice but no beard crazy hair but no beard. Mary Beth, this is lovely. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I I went through and thank goodness Slack saves like everything. So I was able to like search for you and find out all of these references cool. uh, throughout the past couple of years. So this was the earliest because I knew this is when I met you. Uh, but yeah, so this is sort of when we met, you know, we were sort of hanging out. I don't even think we knew about the podcast because it was just a couple months later when you, you know, you tweeted at us you know, and said you'd want to have me on the podcast, you actually got our friend Brie Hilmer to be on your podcast. Uh -huh. She was on episode number three. So even back then, like earlier in 2016, like we only met, I think, once in person then, and, but we started this sort of relationship and you were pretty active with us on Twitter, which we always appreciate. This is January 2016. Cool. Mary Beth, this may have preceded the podcast, honestly. Um, well, I think it might have because Brie was episode three and that was that came out in May. Yeah, so maybe we met pre-podcast, which it is looks like even crazier. It. And that was probably in, inexplicitly, like a likely a, a big moment for me as a tech writer to eventually start the Not Boring Tech Writer was Mary Beth Y'all getting this great crew together in Boulder and, you know, finding other Not Boring folk. Of course, I didn't see myself as boring. And then here I am knocking out shrimp cocktails. <laughs> 
<laughs> like a pro. With other people that, that look good. My man on the right has a nice sweater on. Nick's in a beanie. Like other good kinfolk. That is a strong beanie, has to be said. Uh, Jacob, we actually have another kind of surprise for you in a little way. I sent you a link just before we started this episode that we'd love you to have a look at now. You're wanting to to watch this video, and we're going to include the audio from this video uh, later on. Uh, we'll, do we'll do it in post. I'm so excited. All right, so... I love this picture. This makes me want to go frolic in the forest, which is exactly what we did on Saturday. How many people went to the hike? It's a great hike. I'd recommend it if you didn't have a chance to do it this year. Come back, come early, go on the hike. It's a great way to meet your fellow documentarians before the conference begins and get some fresh air. Uh, so two years ago, when I came to this conference, uh, I went on the hike and I met a young tech writer named Jacob. Jacob had just graduated from college at the University of Texas, Denton, and he came all the way to Portland for Write the Docs. What struck me about Jacob is that he asked a lot of questions. He found out I worked at Microsoft, he wanted to know what that was like, what my day as a tech writer was like, he was just asking questions, questions. And then when I got back to Seattle a couple days later, I received an email from Jacob in which he asked me if I would be a guest on his podcast. He had a podcast called The Not Boring Technical Writer. It was, it was great. So we did a podcast called uh, How to Future-Proof Yourself as a Technical Writer. And that talk was the foundation, that podcast was the foundation for this talk. So Jacob was practicing the first tip I'm gonna share with you today which is just ask. How cool is that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that walk. <laughs> we, were, we were walking, as he mentioned, you know, through the, the wooded area in Portland. And then he started talking about all this stuff called Shell. And I was like, man, I'm in the wrong career. <laughs> I don't know what this shell stuff is, but I'm learning something new. I'll, I'll stay engaged, keep asking questions. Um, and he's been a, a fantastic um, just peer and mentor since, um, even if I was a bit overwhelmed by his career. <laughs> he, um, he put it in plain language, as we'd hope all tech writers would do, um, to still guide me throughout that process. But I, I've never seen this before. This is so cool. Two years later, it translated to his presentation do i understand that correctly so yeah so here's sort of the timeline you start this podcast in 2016 potentially after we had this write the docs denver boulder meetup you go to write the docs that spring and you meet ted yeah right and then you ask him to be on your podcast and he dreamed of you know he was so into write the docs and wanted to be on that stage he says that in part of his talk is how much he wanted to be up there but that you asking him to be on that podcast and doing that is the foundation that got him up on that stage. And this was in 2018, this was two years later and the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast has sort of been dormant for a while. Yeah, I was sitting in the audience watching it and I found my messages I was sending. And I, I was saying the speaker, he's from Microsoft, he's talking about Jacob Scott Moses and the podcast, like how crazy <laughs> the small world is this? And it just really struck me how, how, how tight knit and like amazing the community is. 
of tech writers and that, you know, write the docs community and the tech writing community and the importance of what you were doing right? and how it all sort of connected back. I just, I was really struck by that. It was one of my favorite things about the podcast, if not my most favorite, was that every guest, you know, whether it's like an OG influencer like Tom Johnson or Eric Holscher or even, you know, the senior in university who's just getting their feet wet in TechCom, they all had something interesting to say for a particular um, listener. And then afterwards, whether that next step in their career was, you know, like Ted presenting at Write the Docs, you know, maybe just choosing to submit that resume that they're, you know, maybe didn't feel that most confidence to do so before. It ended up being a huge self-esteem boost for many um, of our guests saying things that they've always thought to themselves. Like, it's not like the podcast brought out any kind of like unexpected skill or insight, but they were always, always had these skills, but never really had the medium to share them or had the listeners. Um, so to see this is just absolutely amazing. You know, Ted, Ted was always probably had these thoughts and um, always had the ability and the skills to give this presentation, but just the extra boost to be able to, you know, share with me, have listeners, have people share it and like it um, to give them that extra boost. That's awesome. Well, here's the thing, like, you know, it's, it's as humans, I suppose we have this thing where we, you know, we have all these thoughts in our head and sometimes you're afraid to voice them or you're afraid to say them. But then sometimes when you say them out loud, you find that people are nodding along with you and you're like, oh, it's not just me. There's a whole bunch of people that think like me. And I guess that's what's so good about this podcast is it's going to bring people like that with, with similar uh, views together. And I think that's great. Yes. Ted Hudick, how cool is he still at Microsoft how? doing doing the tech writing stuff? I don't know. Got to check in. We could find out. Yeah, <laughs> he's your old friend. You need to check he's in with so him. Fascinating. I do. I need to holler. All good kinfolk. I think thirty-seven episodes. Each one has been so much fun. I mean, what a a very diverse mix of folk too. It's fun getting students. To have a young buck, 18, 19 years old, get to be on the podcast. And even, um, Jared, I think about the last guest, um, Mari, Mariana. Yeah, that's right. Also, that was her first time. She, she was always engaged in you know, the tech com community. She was a community manager for the tech com Brazil folk. But to have her own platform and share her own ideas. And she tagged me on LinkedIn and she's getting like stupid love. That's like good. hundreds of people liking her posts and it's it's so cool we i don't really have to say much i just get to highlight them and it's really cool it's been well fun. actually i'm going to make you say much if you don't mind i'm actually going to ask you <laughs> questions right now and, and this is sure. maybe a good a good chance for me to ask like i'm I, i'm sure you've maybe told this story maybe more than once on the not born tech writer uh but I'd like to ask, and for my own sort of benefit, I'd like to ask, like, what was, why did you start The Not Boring Tech Writer? What was your sort of impetus to do so? Yeah, um, the the story I always share, and it's on the about page of The Not Boring Tech Writer, um, was during the time at which I was at Rainmaker Digital as a technical writer. And my um, employer had sponsored a conference called Podcast Revolution. Um, it was in Fort Worth and some really cool speakers. Mark Marin was there. Um, Sarah Koenig, who, who hosted Serial? 
Oh, wow. That's a big name. Yeah. Um, so some really great speakers and um, Rainmaker Digital had a, a podcasting platform included in its CMS. Um, and that's what we were pushing while we were there. But um, end of one of the nights of the conference, you know, oftentimes at conferences, everyone shuffles to the bar, hits some drinks. And I'm sitting solo at the bar and um, next to a gentleman just trying to start some small talk. I'm like, I think 21 at this time. So new to the drinking game. Um, and he asked me what my career is and I'm, I'm vibing, you know, I got like, <laughs> I, I think I got like the velvet hammer. It's a local, um, I think red ale here in Dallas. And of course I'm excited about where I'm at in my career. I think I was, geez, less than six months out of university, you know, making, the most money I'd ever made, despite not being much. Um, I'm, I'm writing, which was super fun. Um, working in technology, working with great colleagues. So with conference, I said, I am a technical writer. Expecting him to be like, that's cool, man. Like, tell me more about that. That sounds interesting. But it was the complete opposite. Um, he went on to ask if like, I read manuals for fun. Um, asked me if I... If I <laughs> ever read anything besides manuals if i even mess with fiction how boring that style of writing must be and i'm like is this is how kinfolk see tech writers like i do some interesting stuff i blog like i i, I like to take some photos and write like captions like I, I enjoy doing some fiction and short stories and reading like i'm not a boring person forget this cat so um <laughs> It was later that spring. I, I don't re- recall why I chose the podcast medium exactly, but I think with my, you know, brief career as a tech writer, at that time not acquiring like a substantial suite of tech writing like skills, it was the best and easiest way to show love to the field and highlight fellow not born tech writers um, by just using like my bizarre lexicon. And having people share their stories. Um, I think we started in spring of 2016, likely shortly after I kicked it with Mary Beth and Bree um, at Write the Docs Meetup. Um, and then from there, it just kind of, I'll use took off, even though it was just like, I don't know if that's the right verb, um, but people really liked it. Um, and we got to have some cool people that I really looked up to. Um, be guests tom johnson eric holscher um my former professors and classmates who i thought were really talented and give them a chance to have their own platform uh and i just kind of kept going attended right the docs um i think in the summer met a lot of prospective guests there um and just kept at it used a little yeti mic i had for video tutorials for my employer and edited in uh, Camtasia, which is a video editing software, <laughs> um, and made a little podcast. Had my friend draw a caricature of me as a logo, which I love. Um, still use that since on resumes, despite not being a tech writer. <laughs> oh, you use it on your resume. I do. I, I'm an executive director of a housing organization, and I, I still pass my resume along at times, just to folk not looking for a new career. Don't worry, board of directors, I'm not looking for a new job. <laughs> um, 
but there's times I need to upload it just for other reasons. And it's still the not boring tech writer. Um, <laughs> so it's it's been cool. It's been cool. I wanted to say that I loved how Ted, that you led into his first rule, which was just ask. Right? How yeah. to be a successful tech writer? Or just like a successful human, I think, in general. Mm. It's something that you were demonstrating just like a year out of college. Like just, just yeah. went up there and said, I'm going to do a podcast. And I'm just going to ask all of these people, these totally. big players, these big names to be on my podcast. I'll even rewind a little bit before that, um, you know, focusing on the value of just asking for any listeners um, who are waiting to just ask. Maybe you're, you're just want to ask for, you know, that promotion, I'll say. You probably deserve more pay um, than you're getting. You can look at, right, the docs, I think they do a great salary sheet, but just asking for a promotion or just asking for, you know, a mentor. Um, Mary Beth, what other things should we tech artists just be asking for? Does anything come to mind? <laughs> so many things <laughs> how many how many loan tech writers are there right yeah. asking for a team asking for a budget yes you know uh, it's I, I think part of the reason i got involved with write the docs to begin with which i had no idea about write the docs i we, we'd started knowledge owl uh which was called help gizmo at the time and we were uh -huh. making knowledge-based software but we were, we were really like there's no there's no resources no community out there and someone's like have you heard of Write the Docs? And suddenly <laughs> my mind was blown because I didn't realize that there was this little community out here. And once we found it, I was like, these are my people. These are all these lone tech writers, right? Coming together as a group. And yeah, I mean, just going back to asking is I think a lot of times tech writers are taken for granted, right? So sure. And it's that's that's hard. I think it's a hard thing, but I think one thing is just ask to go to the conference. It is a very affordable conference. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it's a great community. And I know it's it's been hard for some people to even bring up, get up the courage to ask to go to write the docs. So, you know, asking for what you need, I think, is a good life skill in general. But, you know, all that professional development stuff, going to conferences, yes. blogging, right, and sharing your story and, yes. and all of that's good stuff. To describe Write the Docs as mind-blowing is like no exaggeration either. I remember having a, a similar feeling. I don't recall how I first – no, it was probably – it was, of course, through Mary Beth and the meetup they did. But the conference itself was just mind-blowing. Like it's I felt the like best conference. It's the best there, tech conference. It is, hands down. And the mm -hmm. entire suite from you know the job board to uh, the salary survey to the Slack – and that's why I told um, shortly after graduation, I was invited to go back and speak at UNT a lot to the TechCom kids. And I was like, y'all can folk me to get into this Slack and just like start hollering at folk, like whatever question you have, whether it's like, what is API documentation? Um, you know, is there any meetups like nearby? Like whatever it is you're working on, like you have the most enthusiastic, helpful people in that group. Um, it's, it's, I show love every episode. They're always in my show notes. I mean, there's, there's no better crew, truly. And really I, with this year, with the pandemic and them going to virtual, I was blown away. What was How that like? How could they ever match their in-person conferences online? Yeah. Somehow they did it. They did. Magic. And I don't yeah. know how they captured that same, the same feeling, but it was there and present. And I'm getting chills thinking about it again. That's awesome. It was so good. 
It was great. Um, my colleague and I have just been to the Write the Docs Australia India uh, event. Uh, they used a, a platform called Hopin uh, for oh. their virtual conference, and it was really incredibly slick, so professional. It was. It went off like clockwork. I was so incredibly impressed. Um, you know, and you still got that strong community vibe. Like there was so much discussion going on. You know, it had kind of like a main stage, and then it had like various sort of breakout tables, sort of virtual spaces for people to meet. And anywhere you cool. went in, there was just so much discussion happening, so much like networking, people finding their tribe, you know, and it's really nice to see, especially people who are there for the first time. And I think a lot of them were because it's the first time that uh, I think India has been officially involved uh, in right. uh, a Write the Docs uh, event. And to see some of these people come in and go, oh, this is, these are my people. Here we all are. You know, it's just, it was, it's pretty magical. It has to be said. Did y'all have any major takeaways from Rathodox India? Um, there were just so many diverse voices coming out. Just there was a strong sense of people's histories and stories really coming to the forefront. Like there was some people who cool. had worked in a big uh, corporate environment for a long time. There were some folk who were loan writers, and this was the first time they'd kind of reached out to the community and and they were they had the courage to stand up and speak on their first time. You know. Um, and, and there was just a strong sense that everyone was supporting each other because of the crazy year that we've all had. Um, and uh, I think there was some sort of mutual recognition of the fact that being in tech writing, um, you, you do tend to be isolated anyway. Uh, not not everyone, obviously, but there, there's a tendency uh, just because of the nature of the work and, and how um, there don't tend to be that many staff members that work on tech writing even within a larger company usually is only one or two so you feel a little bit uh separate from the crowd anyway um but you know the strong message came through that you're not alone we're all here and we're all here for each other you know and it was it's it's great it's wonderful that's fantastic i, I remember after the first or at the docks in portland um that was the first time i'd heard the term to describe oneself and attendee self as a documentarian <laughs> so <laughs> i uh, for some reason i was messing with this app called anchor shortly thereafter i think it's a way to embed a short like audio snippet into like a tweet so like if i'm not sure if you want to listen to the entirety of the not born tech writer i can listen to just a snippet and determine if it's something that interests me but i remember in the bio i'm just gonna like say i'm a documentarian because i am that now they gave me the language and I was getting all these comments about like, oh, what kind of documentaries do you make? <laughs> I was I, like, uh. <laughs> last summer, we had someone show up at our Write the Docs in Real Life meetup. This was back in the old times when we could get together and we were uh -huh. in, in Denver. And we had somebody, they showed up because they were just at a documentary film festival downtown. Oh, they were great to come to our meetup. They got very confused. <laughs> that we were not actually making documents. I, I felt a little bad about that one. <laughs> I, I think despite, you know, of course, tech writers, we want to speak in plain language terms that everyone can understand. I think all tribes need a little bit of inside language, nothing that excludes people, you know, knowingly, of course, but a little nod to oneself, like, oh, fellow documentarian. I won't put this in my bio. <laughs> But I can call my fellow tech writer a documentarian. Well, the, the thing I loved about documentarian, for those who don't know, is it's their term for everybody who cares about documentation. Yeah. You don't have to be a tech writer. I'm not a tech writer, but I care. 
about totally. documentation. I care about software documentation and I care about the people who do documentation. So I am part of the community. I'm a documentarian. Yes. Yes. And listeners, if you've been a, you know, an OG listener of the Not Boring Tech Writer, you probably picked up that documentarian philosophy throughout the episodes because despite having, you know, a handful of pure tech writers, as in that's their title, we had folk in instructional design, we had developers, project managers, um, a lot of people who, like Mary Beth said, they're not, you know, that pure tech writer, but they care about the end product of software documentation and therefore can call themselves a, a documentarian. And who knows, maybe make a documentary. I don't know what that would look like. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good segue into uh, what I wanted to speak about next. And I'm, I'm sort of moving the spotlight to shine on you just a little bit again, if you don't mind. Um, but just about the podcast, I'd like you to tell us a bit about how you personally felt when you were just starting this podcast. And how did that progress over time from then until now? At first, it, it wasn't too bad at first because I was hiring up, I was hollering at the homies. I think the first episode was Chris Lamb talking about design thinking. Um, so I'd spent time with him an entire semester, um, just the year prior to. So I started off with friends, which made it pretty easy um, in terms of any, any nerves or um, you know proposing a subject matter. But I remember the the big moment was whenever I think it was maybe episode five or six, um, before being a guest, Tom Johnson tweeted a link to the Not Born Tech Writer. Wow! Oh, wow. And I was I was like, this is rowdy. And like, and you're like, this is I made it. I made it. He is yeah. a celebrity in the tech writing world. Like he's he is maybe the celebrity. Yes. So so that was a a, a pivotal moment. Um, I never really doubted myself throughout it um, because I, I felt fairly comfortable, you know, leaning into the story, um, having a a single takeaway, picking interesting people, and um, just kind of being myself throughout um but it was it was great i learned a lot of new skills got connected with um you know a lot more people in the the tech writing community um and i took a little bit of a break for a bit there you know i got into the the grocery game <laughs> um which was again not boring yeah yeah right you just took a detour and you're like i'm gonna open a grocery store i did i lived in downtown denton um so and I've always, even back to university, my junior year, I was writing, um, you know, fake proposals about why downtown Denton needs a little urban grocery store. And then finally got the chance to do it, left my job as a tech writer, did that for just under two years, um, and then said farewell. It was a lot of fun, but going into something like that solo is not the wisest move. Um, and then thereafter... Mary Beth, I think, hollered and said, hey, do you want to bring it back? And I was like, I'm not really a tech writer. I still love documentarians. Is that cool? She said, sure. And then we picked right up, had another great round of folk. Mihal and Pavel in Ukraine. I don't know if you're listening, but they're doing cool stuff. Um, of course, Kate, y'all's colleague, later on, um, just picked up right where we left off and had knowledge owls support and encouragement which was huge um and that led us to this moment that's, that's such a lovely story to hear i didn't know that you were in the grocery game the, the not boring grocery store owner what would that podcast be that's that's surely another branch that you could go down <laughs> blue, blue bag market also blue bag grocery 
but I got sued. Oh no! I, I won't share the story here. I didn't know that. It was too close to someone else's name. But yeah, did I? I called it a boutique bodega, and I got to do a little, I think, a little work for Mary Beth during that time too. I remember doing like a, a little em- employee manual for a few contractors we had. Yeah, so we had been in touch this whole time, like off and on, whether it was podcast or not. Because yeah. I think one of the interesting things was, and I am going to credit Ted for bringing back the Not Boring Tech Writer, because I think he was part of it. But you actually looked into using Knowledge Owl for another employer, right? At, you know, in the spring uh, or the summer, I think, of 2018. That's right. And that's, that's we started talking about potentially using Knowledge Owl, and I was like, what's going on with the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> great people are referencing it still and like a few months ago ted just referenced it on stage right it was so front of mind let's bring it back and i think that's when you officially i looked at this i think that's when you moved the podcast from jacobmoses.com over to its own domain which was Uh not going yeah i was working at strong towns as a nonprofit media organization more in the urbanism municipal finance space uh, but still doing, I was running a podcast there called It's Little Things. So still very much into, you know, the podcast and stuff. And we had just launched a um, a knowledge base um, through Knowledge Owl and got to chat with Mary Beth again, which is always the best. I wish we could all kick it in person. Um, and she was like, hey, didn't you used to do documentaries or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so did some podcasting with... Um, the latter part with, with Jared. Jared, you hopped in maybe August or September? I'm not sure it's even that long ago. Maybe it was September. Um, but yeah, we've been in, in contact for a while now. And that actually brings us quite neatly on to the next thing I wanted to ask you about, which was why why did you, why have you chosen to pass on the ownership of the podcast uh, to, to Knowledge Island, to myself? Like, what, what's the story behind that? Yeah. Well, a, a big part of it, just in pure number sense, um, it was so cool to have another tech com organization like monetarily sponsor the Not Boring Tech Writer. And I think that ties into our philosophy of the podcast is that not only are you not boring, but you should advocate for the value that you provide to an organization, whether that is, you know, that should be reflected in, you know, my salary or my title, whatever it is. So to have, you know, a group say like, hey, like we, we want to give you some cash to create these episodes was was huge for me. Um, not only just to have some extra money, of course, is nice, but to, you know, reaffirm the value of this podcast. Of course, I would do it joyfully um, without any kind of income. It's, it's just fun to make. But then to have that little extra love from Knowledge Owl um, starting a couple years ago um, was really cool. So we went on for... Um, gosh, I mean, a lot more episodes, Mary Beth, maybe like 15 or 20 more episodes um, during that time with Knowledge Owl as a a formal sponsor of the Not Boring Tech Writer. Um, But then, of course, as, you know, careers sometimes go, June of this year, um, I accepted a job as executive director of the Denton Affordable Housing Corporation. And of course, still seeing great value in the Not Boring Tech Writer. Everyone out there who is a documentarian or is curious about the documentarian life needs to have some kind of resource where they can just listen 
to documentarians chat. Um, and the Not Boring Tech Writer really complements um, many of the great communities that we've um, discussed today. So having the opportunity for this podcast to live on under um, a very much capable group of people, as we'll talk about here in a little bit, it, it, it needs to go on. And it doesn't have to be me. I understand y'all might want to keep the logo, which is awesome. But <laughs> you can't use it on your resumes anymore, though, if we use it. That's true, which is fun. <laughs> I can get I can get a new a new caricature. But it, it, it must persist. It, it, it must persist. Um, and there's going to be a great new crew and they're going to be introducing some new elements, um, as we'll talk about here in a little bit, but still committing to that core philosophy of you are a documentarian, you are not boring. Let's help your colleagues, uh, your current employer, your future employer, your parents see that and continue to carry on. Um, I'm really excited about Absolutely. Like it's, it's, it's so important to keep this, uh, this resource going for people in the industry who, um, you know, as you say, it's important to hear people who are sort of pseudo colleagues, I guess you're listening to them. You don't know them personally, but you do know that they're in the same sphere. You may not have that around you every day and it can just be great to sort of keep up with, um, with other people and, and, and keep on top of, trends in the industry and things like that it's 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 a really great resource uh, before we move on to sort of what we have planned for the future i wanted to ask you what like what are you going to be working on next obviously you said you're going to be uh, you're the executive director of the the affordable housing association i think that's absolutely amazing but are there any other creative pursuits you're going to be going after in the future there are but i do want to make a final community comment and what the beauty of techcom communities are whether it's pavel mihal Ukraine or the homies up in Portland, Eric Holster always says that it's it's not transactional. Like everything we do, whether it's, you know, a local meetup in Boulder, um, the Write the Docs podcast, the Not Boring Tech Writer, you can feel confidence no matter what your goal is, if it's getting into the field, finding new work, that you're not going to be forming transactional relationships sure you know the outcome of one might be you know getting a raise or getting a new job but i guarantee there's going to be a moment shortly thereafter with maybe that same peer that helps you advance your own career you'll likely find yourself in a position where you can do the same um and that's what just really tickles me about all these communities including um the not boring tech writer so things that are next I'm trying to be better with my hands, but I'm trying to like do things in everyday life better. Just understanding that everything is kind of just like a kit of parts. Like even if the big picture is super, seems intimidating, like another Anne Lamott quote, like what's just in like the one inch picture frame. That's what, how she talks about fiction writing. Like just what is this next scene and just knock that out. So I'm trying to adopt that philosophy. Um, to learn better skills that I can do with my hands. That's where I'm at. <laughs> you make it sound almost sort of meditative. And I love that. Like, you know, just uh, one day at a time, shrinking your worldview down to just like focusing on one thing. Uh, yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. And I might get into the 
the Cornish sardine game. I don't know if you mess with sardines, um, uh, Jared. Sometimes. But I'm a big tin fish cat, and I do have like a a secret dream of starting like a tin fish YouTube channel. Oh um, wow! I eat a lot of tin fish, man. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna quote, "Not boring." Again. Yeah. Not boring. Yeah. No, the the not boring sardine eater. Uh-huh. I've been brainstorming titles. So I'll, I'll let y'all know. Maybe you guys can subscribe to my 10 Fish podcast. We can be there early. <laughs> I definitely will. Um, yeah. Maybe you could have your friend do like some artwork for it where it's like you, but as a tin sardine. Beautiful. That... You know <laughs> it would be beautiful. New That's resume it. photos. We just moved, um, settling in. Um, again, just like adjusting, of course, to the, the pandemic. Thankfully, we're all healthy. Here in, um, in Denton, um, family's been well, um, and yeah, just slowing down, eating sardines. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good retirement, doesn't it? I love yeah. sardines. There, there's a gentleman that lives um, down the block from me, and I know he likes sardines. So now, whenever I go to the grocery store, I get a little tin of sardines, and if he's out, you know, in the front yard, which he always is. I'll just toss him a tin. And this guy's like early 70s, gives me a wave. Like my partner, not allowed to eat sardines in the house because of their smell. Um, that's, that's, that's the way I'm building community these days is throwing buck 99 tins at my friends. Um, it's that human sardine connection. It is. It is. It's great. Well, enough about me. Shall we talk about the future of the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with, um, I'd love to hear from the two of you of y'all, um, you know, the value of communities and the way in which they can contribute to the success of technical writers. I know you guys have, of course, demonstrated um, why you guys think communities are important through, of course, supporting the Not Boring Tech Writer. Y'all do so much great stuff with Write the Docs. Um, you guys create your own little communities through Knowledge Owl and the blog. Um, but talking about these tech communities in general, I mean, why are they so important to, you know, maybe some of the listeners here that maybe haven't dove deep into the communities out there? Um, well, I will say that, uh, and I actually said earlier on that, you know, tech writers are quite often in silos all on their own in companies that they work for, either on their own or just with one or two other people. Um and I think that opportunities for sharing knowledge and experiences with like-minded people in similar roles might be less common than in other professions. Um, certainly listening to the stories that I heard at uh, Write the Docs Australia and India recently, um, people sort of saying that they are surrounded by people that don't really get it, mm. you know, kind of thing. And uh, it can be quite frustrating, I think, for those people. And maybe they feel sort of a bit um, isolated. So I think the communities like uh, Write the Docs and, of course, uh, the Not Boring Tech Writer itself, I think they offer a kind of a framework for that, as well as creating spaces for like building a social circle as well of people with with similar professional and creative interests. Um, and I think that's so important uh, for people in our community. What do you think, Mary Beth? It's such a big question, and I keep thinking about what Jacob said about community being a word thrown out all the time, but we've always talked about community and the importance of community here. It's just second nature, and I think for people who know Knowledge Owl, it's just the right thing to do. 
is. It's always been about the personal connections that we have, you know, with the people we work with. And community is that. Community is that personal connection. And yes. I, I, I don't know. It, it never dawned on me for a second, like, that we wouldn't do community stuff. Like, we, sure. once we found out there was a community to support, we wanted to support it. Like, even as a really small company, one of the first, the proudest moments, like, I think it was back in 2017 where we got to sponsor and be a tiny, teeny, tiny sponsor by the Ducks. But to be able to give back to yeah. the people doing this work was so powerful for me, right? Like that is sort of one of the things I, I feel most strongly about that we've done that I've been, that I'm proud of, right? As an organization is like helping people make those connections and creating those opportunities for people and helping people take advantage of the opportunities that are there that they might not know are there. Um, to be able to make those connections and giving back in the purest sense you know it's not like you know philanthropy gets kind of mucky sometimes you know maybe a company acquired their profits in some unfortunate ways now they're you know giving back through some kind of donation but going back to the the non-transactional part of this like very much the success of knowledge owl is because of your great customers many of whom likely see themselves as documentarians throughout that relationship they're showing love to you by using your product y'all are showing love back through you know just a, a modest sponsorship a great way to contribute to these great communities and you're, you're exactly right about the ambiguity of the term but i think to get the most out of a community and to appreciate community is to acknowledge that you don't have to be a part of every single facet of it so as i'm like riding my bike down main street and I see a great crew of neighbors making these candles. Am I going to make candles? No, like it doesn't intrigue me. But to know that there is a group of neighbors out there who have this shared interest and are gathering and supporting one another and acquiring new skills, I have my own parts of community. You know, I'm, I'm more like the uh, sardine side of things. The, the sardine side of things. But, but, but that doesn't, just because. I'm not a part of every part of Denton community does not discount, you know, my, my place in it. So I think even for, you know, the tech writer, you know, we got write the docs, we got the not boring tech writer. We've got, I'd rather be writing. If, if joining an online community is new for you, don't feel like you have to stretch yourself and go from newbie to super active in every single group. Don't feel like that. that's how you're going to get value and find these non-transactional relationships. Pick one that aligns with who you are, what your goals are, what your interests are. And then eventually you'll find yourself in this great web of community striving towards that same goal of advocating for the tech writer. So I think you're, you're, exactly, you're exactly right, Mary Beth. Like what's that next smallest thing we can do to show love to this group that's shown so much love to us? I think that's really important as well. Like, you know, you don't need to feel like it's you're all in or you're all out sure. like as if you're not welcome there unless you jump in with both feet. You're you're welcome there regardless. You're welcome there even if you just sit and listen. You know, it's you don't need to be a forefront player. You don't need to be someone that is really big on the scene. Just go feel comfortable do what you want to do and know that you're supported and what you're and what you're feeling. Yeah. I think that's all the more important now, you know, as we enter 2021, you know, this has been it's it's getting boring saying it, but it's been the craziest year, you know, it's the it's the it's 
the single biggest event that's happened to our species simultaneously, probably in anyone's living memory. It's really uh, extreme times. Um, uh, you know, in pandemic conditions, social distancing, this is why it's important to be reminded that you're part of a global community. You know, like I said before, many tech writers are like lone wolves to some extent. And knowing that the community is there and going strong can be so encouraging for them. You know, like just knowing that everyone's going through it together and we're all pulling together and we're all feeling the same thing, um, you know, virtually or otherwise, we're coming together. And, and while you might work in an isolated way, either because of the pandemic or maybe you were already doing that by choice or, or not, you should know that you're not alone and, and everyone's still out there waiting for you when, when things return to normal, you know? What was it like knocking out? Was it one or two virtual conferences they all did? Was Australia virtual as well? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Prague was. Portland was. Got it. Oh, yeah, the whole suite. Yeah, they're all over. Well, well as we enter 2021... Let's speak about why this value of community still persists, even if it is shifting, you know, mostly online, maybe meeting a lot of folks that we wouldn't have otherwise due to the, the nature of these online meetings. Even if, you know, maybe our first association of community is, you know, drinking a latte with a leaf on it at your local coffee shop. Jared and Mary Beth, <laughs> why do you think this community still persists and perhaps is even stronger as we enter um, you know, enter 21 and likely see um, communities still largely persist online. Well, I, I liken this to once the pandemic started and I, I'm, I'm a little bit of an introvert. I was sort of excited to not have to go out of the house and just be able to <laughs> stay inside for a while. Um, but what I found as soon as it started is I was busier than ever. I had more social engagements more Zoom calls and trivia nights and online birthdays and conferences. There was more. So it was almost, at some points, it was almost overwhelming. I had to find myself saying no because I was just getting burnt out. There was so much happening online. Um, and I think it's really made it so much stronger. I, I've reconnected with certain people I hadn't talked to before, and it was because of the pandemic, right? Because people were like, they missed the community. They miss the totally. aspect of bringing people together. I'm part mm. of this amazing new book club that I look forward to every month. It's been transformative for me uh, to do that. I've started doing trivia nights with old friends that I, I hadn't seen in years, and that's uh. been really regular. I feel more, I honestly have felt more connected sort of in the online space because people have been much more mindful about planning things. Sure. And they're not taking mm. for granted the fact that, oh, we'll see them at this major event. Like, we know we're going to see them coming up. Like, if you don't, if you're not mindful and intentional about creating these events and these opportunities to connect, they're not going to happen. And it was like this influx of everyone, uh, you know, and not everyone, but, you know, I would call them the connectors, the people, you know, the people yeah. that make communities run. You know, I think they really stepped up during the pandemic. And these, the connectors, the people that create communities, they stepped up and built them even stronger, which is very interesting to me, just from a high-level view. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I also think there's been a sort of um, a correlating effect, which is people taking more time for themselves and being able to say no to things because there was a huge push also in my sort of professional and social life um, when the pandemic started. Uh, that you that you should be meeting up with people all the time and you you felt kind of forced into 
uh, sort of these uh, interactions at times with people that you're just like, why are they getting in touch with me? This is just the flip side of what you said. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just what I think it's taught people is to understand your own limits uh, and and to know yourself better when it comes to spending your energy. Because, you know, we all experienced, I think, an awareness of the kind of energy that we have because you're not getting to go out into the world every day to expend it and you you have this feeling of of whether to conserve or whether to spend i think that's a lesson that everyone learned in this time as well and it seems like in the tech com community game as we mentioned with write the docs so many groups stepped up and said okay we know we're in the middle of a global pandemic. This is a very scary time for all of us. And likely many of us are looking for, you know, that kinship, that peer to chat with about our careers. And as Mary Beth shared, maybe even pick up a, a new book as well, even if it's not related to TechCom. We had Write the Docs do um, all of their online conferences. We mentioned Mariana in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. That TechCom Brazil is a brand new group that I think was birthed mm. in the middle of the pandemic. It's it speaks to yeah. the you know the the resiliency of the tech writer. Um, you know, of course, it's a very challenging time for many of us. Our our mental health is strained at this point. We need some kinfolk to chat with TechCom and beyond. So it really seems like we have not skipped a beat, despite being in the midst of the pandemic. And I think this goes well into um, the next question I have for the two of you. Um, of course, this goes both ways. I was overjoyed to pass this along to Knowledge Owl. It's in great hands with the two of you. Um, why did y'all want to mess with the Not Boring Tech Writer? I might have alluded to this before, but it seems like a no-brainer. Like, why wouldn't we? <laughs> like, if... If you, sure. <laughs> if you are not able, right, because of your time commitment, your new job to, you know, we want the new tech, we want the not boring tech writer to live on. We want people to get their stories told. I want to see those connections, right? Like the, the Ted story, right? I want to see that continue. And I mean, to, I mean, to be asked to sort of carry on that torch, like I don't, it, it would seem silly to say no, it seems like a perfect, like I can't, I think I said this to multiple people when I shared the proposal with them was just, it's a no brainer, right? This seems so knowledge owl. Um, at the same time that you reached out, and I think the subject line of the email where you floated this idea of us acquiring it, the subject line was just golly, exclamation point. Just golly. Was it really? <laughs> <laughs> so, I had no idea so what was going to be in there. You're very silly. But at the same time, for some reason, the pandemic had sort of inspired us to start our journey to becoming a B Corp, hmm. right? And as part of like being a B Corp, we were really thinking about trying to put what our, you know, what our mission was, putting things down into words and actually being mindful about, you know, who we are as a company and where we're going as a future. We very recently actually created our first vision. It's a five-year vision for the, uh, the company, and we've included the podcast in there as well. But right around the time you had messaged me as we had just finished like sort of fleshing out our mission statement. And I just like to read that really quickly because I feel like the mission statement was always there yeah. from the beginning. And I think this, this is why we've wanted to be a sponsor of Write the Docs. We've wanted to sponsor the Net Boring Tech Writer. But this is what we came up with. We share the Knowledge Owl experience. 
making valuable knowledge-based software, giving great service to everyone we meet with the belief that business can be a force for good, mm. being helpful and kind in all our actions to make life better for ourselves, our teammates, our customers, and our communities too. It's beautiful. Thanks. I, I love it. It is absolutely beautiful. And it's been reflected even because when I met you, Mary Beth, had you just started? Yeah, it was. We had just gone live as a, well, yeah, 2015. Okay. So fairly, fairly new in it. Yeah. So like this was June right before, you know, this, this was our, our fifth year birthday. I love it. And listeners, um, I'm sure you've picked up the vibe, of course, knowing Jared the past few episodes and then um, the way Mary Beth has described the value of community and, you know, her vision throughout this podcast, you know, that that mission is, is not lip service. Like Mary Beth has been deep in the trenches way before Knowledge Owl and then seeing the value of community, getting together a group of strangers, throwing down trim cocktails. <laughs> There was beer too. Free beer always gets people in there. Yes. So again, oftentimes like hire a good copywriter and you can have a compelling mission that kind of hints at philanthropy without doing the work. Like it is the exact opposite with Knowledge Owl. And as y'all take this on, of course, um, persist with new episodes, maybe adding some new goodies, um, depending on this vision that you guys are working on that vision that you guys have always had in your heart and had demonstrated, of course, through um, your customer service sponsorships and now actually owning the not boring tech writer and, you know, still pushing that narrative while complementing with your mission um, is very exciting for the tech home community. Everyone listening should be, um, I hope quite tickled um, at what's happening here and um, really not going to skip a beat (laughs) It's going to be really cool. Um, I'm curious, you know, the, the podcast itself. Um, I was going to say monthly, but I was like, definitely not monthly. <laughs> um, it's been now, now and then for four years, um, focusing on, you know, one skill per episode that the listener can learn um, to break the stereotype that technical writing is not a boring career. I know you guys are sticking with that narrative, but you know, what else do you hope to add um, to the podcast to contribute to this mission? Well, um, you know, as Marybeth has just outlined, um, part of the mission at Knowledge Owl is about making lives better for our communities as well as ourselves. So the the message of the Not Boring Tech Writer as it has existed so far really, really aligns with that. Um, we really care about um, listening to people and learning from people's experiences. So we want to continue your important work by continuing to create content that listeners want to hear and giving visibility and voices to people in the community. So if there's anything that we plan to add uh, at, at this time, um, as well as creating the content related to tech writing that you know your listeners have been enjoying for four years, um, we also want to provide a platform for guests to be themselves and tell their stories. I said earlier on that there's such a diverse and international community. There are so many stories that deserve to be told and heard that people, you know, so it's like the human element as well as obviously we'll always be here to uh, provide, you know, uh, insights on, on skills that will really help people uh, in their, in their burgeoning or continuing careers. But also I just want to also focus on 
because because it seems to me that I'm not a tech writer. I have a lot of experience in communication and writing in a in a more broad sense and in different uh, communities and industries, but not in the technical industry so far. Um, so I will be learning along with your listeners mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, I'm I'm going to be here to to ask the questions and to facilitate the conversations, and I'm so excited about that. Um, so yeah, I just I just want to bring. Uh, sorry, I was going to say that, that that tech writers don't seem to very often go straight at tech writing as their aim right from the get-go, sure. like straight out of college. I know that you did, but uh, when I was at Write the Docs, both last year and this year, there are so many people that came to it sort of from the side or from a completely unexpected route, or they've kind of fallen into it in a really interesting way. And I want to kind of like bring those stories to the forefront and and let those people talk about their experiences. I think it's so important. There's nothing better than asking someone to be on the podcast and their their gut reaction is like, I've never done this before. Like, surely there's no way that I can be a, a, a guest on this podcast. And then, you know, go back and forth about, okay, what, what do you want to discuss? And, you know, maybe like, oh, like I want to do like this soft skill. Um, and it's like, yeah, that, that's great. There's a story behind it. Let's do it confirming the questions, and then watching these folk just blossom. Um, really, just, just the excitement of being able to be on a podcast. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. Like, I, I got to be on a podcast, whether it's The Not Boring Tech Writer or Write the Docs. Um, and I'm sure that's very much going to live on as knowledge all takes over. If You know, even if you haven't been in the game for a bit, if you're just, you know, if, if you're new in techcom or you feel like you've discovered something interesting that you want to share it's going to be a great platform for you all to share your stories i'm i'm really excited how do you feel jared a podcast host (laughs) a podcast host at last um you know i feel like i feel um i i've been a big podcast fan for many years now um I, i i love the medium as a medium um and uh i it's it's been an ambition of mine to to work in in radio or or something i mean th- that's what podcast is of course it's like an internet radio streaming yeah. uh it's funny that you st- it's funny that you still come across people and they're like you know i don't actually know what a podcast is what is a podcast and you're like oh because you just kind of assume that everyone knows sure. um so it's so exciting for me it's uh, as i said um i do have experience in this broad area but to learn all about the ins and outs of the tech writing community is it's a whole new world that i'm going to get i'm going to get to explore along with our listeners at the same time and i just can't wait to get started it's been such a great um, i also want to give like extreme kudos to jacob because he's been a really fantastic mentor over these last few episodes um you know it, it's a real institution that that i'm moving to sort of try and continue to facilitate uh and it's it's a great pleasure and honor to have the opportunity to do that uh i i, I just can't wait institution i'm so flattered absolutely this is essentially what i was going to say was you know these people that have come on your podcast they get to tell their story they get to tell how they how they got there and then the not boring tech writer kind of kind of comes becomes a part of their story yeah um, you know, it's it's certainly something that I'm sure that they go on to to tell people about and to put on their resume and to to you know, and and their visibility increases having been on the podcast. You know, so um, 
I think it's really great for it's that. It's kind of a nod to the original institutions before everything was so centralized where, you know, I might just hit up the the, the general store or the local coffee shop and we'd we chat about our, our dreams, hopes and struggles just over a, a coffee and stuff. And that's very much what this podcast is like. Like you don't have to have you know, you don't have to be like an elite tech writer. You don't have to, you know, have the, the accolades and the, the booming resume. But if you have something interesting to share in a story, it, you get to be on a, a podcast. And it's going to be beneficial for, for both parties, not only the guests and the hosts, but also all the listeners as well. You're going to inspire someone along the way and, you know, help them find that new skill or overcome that struggle. Definitely. Um, I mean, you know, going forward, we just want to show that technical writing is so much more than just typing words on a screen. You know, no one wants to feel like what they, you know, it's called the not boring tech writer. Nobody wants to feel like other people think that they're boring. No one wants their career to be misunderstood by other people as being boring. Um, All careers have components that may be hidden to the outside observer, but they are nonetheless there that are fascinating and the work itself really deserves recognition. Um, You know, everything is interesting to someone. So we'll be working to dispel that myth that tech writing is a boring career, like you've been doing all these years. Um, You know, both among tech writers who believe tech writing is boring, sort of like, uh, I I maybe shouldn't say this, but sort of like self-loathing tech writers, because I think those definitely exist. I've seen... Uh, examples of that but also outsiders who may just not understand really what what tech writing Mm. is um you know we want this podcast to continue to be this engaging like entertaining sort of educational insight into everything tech writing showing that it's so much more than just you know typing words on a screen it's the humans behind the words and by introducing those humans we can really connect the community in a meaningful way and that's what we want to continue to do Think about Sarah Maddox too. I don't know what Sarah Maddox is up to. Ah, uh, well, she, actually, she was an organizer for Write the Docs Australian well, she India. Really? She was right there. In the- she lives yep. in Australia, right? Is she at Google over there? Uh, she does, I believe. In fact, I got to meet her last year at the last in-person Write cool. the Docs. Um, she's a really wonderful person. Her site slash little community of is it FF Feathers? I forget how many Fs there are, but she is not only uh, API tech writer but also a science fiction writer so again a big part of the not being a not boring tech writer is to trust like the associations in your interests you know to find that alliance between documentation and tinfish i'm not there yet <laughs> but it, it, it's what makes you interesting um, not only as a person but um whatever you strive for in your career as well um, Mary Beth, is there anything that you want to say about what you hope for the future of the podcast? You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to jump in and talk about the humanity because I think that is like showing the human behind the tech writer. Yeah. And I think that is what Jacob has so beautifully done over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, whether, you know, while we're, the aim was, you know, to teach a valuable skill every episode, you also lifted up an individual voice. Yes. Like you showed a person who they were and like gave them value and put their voice out there in the community. And people sort of beamed. They loved being asked to be on the Not Boring Tech Writer. Yeah. They loved being on it. They talk about it afterwards. And like like Jared said, it becomes part of their story. Yeah. And it makes life better for them. I, just at the end of the day, that is it. They're, you're making life better, right? For not only them, but you've gotten so many nice notes from your listeners too. Yeah. 
right? So you are like, you know, you've been doing this, Jacob. You've been making life better for mm. not just your guests, but also your listeners and yourself too. Like, how cool was that that you were like out there making a podcast? Yeah. Right. And people were like, oh, you you sort of like became like an insta celebrity in the tech writing community because you just went out there and made a podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> we were like talking about it. Like the thing. It's a not boring tech writer. Which that's amazing. It's such a beautiful story of like humanity and connection. And another great thing with the, the guests, of, of course, they're usually pretty enthused. Once they share the episode on their own social media feeds, what ends up happening is they end up creating their own little mini community among their network. So I think about Jody Winter. Um, I think she discussed uh, surviving the tech com game long term. You know, she had been in the career for um, a couple decades and you know, was joyfully willing to learn some of these new skills. Um, but of course, it was challenging being, you know, just in print for so long and then learn all these new tools. And then what ended up happening was after Jody shared that on her LinkedIn, um, she ended up finding all these, um, she became a mentor to many um, young women in TechCom, which has persisted since. I know now that she's doing like some uh, speaking at the University of Utah about TechCom. Um, again, it's not correlation versus causation, but I, I, I'd hope that, you know, someone getting to feel like a thought leader, even if it's in just their network of a couple of connections on LinkedIn, that is creating and fostering a web of people who want to better themselves and, you know, maybe now have a, a peer that they can talk about their journey with. It's really cool. Definitely. Um, and I'd, I'd like to say sort of perhaps as a sort of as we move towards uh, the end of the episode here, uh, that, that going forward, um, we want it to be clear that this is not a one way conversation. We would love for people to engage with us uh, in a sort of two way scenario. Um, you know, we want to we're going to be opening all our channels of communication to actively encourage our listeners and even potential guests to get in touch with us. We're going to have uh, you're going to be able to get in touch with us by email. Uh, there'll be a form on the website. Um, we'd love you to to talk about us on Twitter if you want to use the hashtag TNBTW, which I always feel looks a little bit like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I look at it. <laughs> uh, it's a bit difficult to get away from that in my head. Trademark, sorry, but to keep away from the trademark. Um, but, you know, the, people can get in touch. They can get in touch to volunteer to be a guest, to uh, give comments or feedback on any of our speakers or topics or episodes, um, even if they just want to share an amusing anecdote or any sort of quick tips and tricks that we can put out to our listeners. Um, we'll happily be giving shout outs to people who who want to sort of be featured on the show in any way. So yeah, we'd love, we'd love for you to get in touch. Jared, what can we expect over the next um, couple months? Do we going to have some, some new episodes? Are we going to take a little break as y'all, um, you know, align us with y'all's vision? What's coming up? What's pretty cool is that you just, I mentioned a couple of months, uh, Jared just did a three month vision for what the podcast looks like over these cool. next three months as we figure out what it looks like long-term. So many things. It's, it's pretty inspiring. And that's just three months. So uh, lots of good things in there um, and exciting things for the future. I, in my five-year vision, this is way far away, but one of the things I threw in there, and it's documented in our company vision, so I, I feel okay sharing this here, is that 
we were envisioning building out the Not Boring Tech Writer as a full-fledged resource for the tech writing community, built on top of the podcast, where the podcast is the primary thing, but also providing resources to people and providing, uh, you know, having a blog and having more information and tools and stuff available there for folks. So really building this out as a resource is meant for the community, um, separate from, you know, knowledge out in the company. It's really just building out the Not Boring Tech Writer. Awesome, Mary Beth as a resource to help people tell stories. Yeah. yeah. If I, you know, if, if I was to sum up what we're planning to do over the next few months and beyond, I would say that we're building on your work in serving the tech writing community, creating enjoyable, high quality content to educate and entertain our listeners and crucially giving voices to members of our community. These will be sort of like our, our guiding stars in the next few months and beyond. Awesome, Jared. Let's talk about where folk can actually find it. So I believe if you're already subscribed to the Not Born Tech Writer, that feed will continue to give you new episodes. It sure will. So despite having a new host, keep subscribed. Whatever podcast player you have, the goods will keep on coming. I believe we're keeping that domain. Is that correct, Mary Beth? 100%. Okay. So if if, if you want to you know, keep an eye on um, this new suite of resources that Mary Beth described, perhaps a headshot of the guest beyond just my face. Um, you go to the notboringtechwriter.com. You'll still get the goods there. And then um, it sounds like for kind of updates in between um, Knowledge Owl social media feeds might also be able to get some updates as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. So we will definitely cross promote and try to amplify the not boring tech writer as much as possible. Um, as well as I think Jared references this earlier is we definitely want to set up social media for the not boring tech writer on its own so that we can cool. engage with people even further. Yes. Well, so many exciting things coming up and listeners, uh, thank you for messing with this podcast for a long time. Um, I, I hope it's been valuable to all of you. Um, it's been a, a, a joy for me. Um, thank you for sticking around despite me not necessarily being in the TechCom game um, full-time either. That was really a, a nice treat, being able to try to find associations between you know changes in my career that can still be valuable for you all. Um, thank you to maybe past guest listeners. Michal and Pavel, constant love to you all. Um, you know, Brie, the just-in-time documentation episode. I don't know how many times I've referenced that to other people. It's still, it's one of like top hits on uh, Google for us, her blog on just-in-time documentation. That's a great one. John John Paz. Oh man, if you're looking for a mentor, if you're in a different career and want to get into TechCom, episode with John Paz, fantastic. Listen back at TED. Gosh, there's so many, so many good kinfolk. And there's going to be so many more um, now that we have Knowledge Owl taking over. Great vision, great host, great mission. I'm really excited to follow along. Thank, and thank you so much, um, Mary Beth in particular. Uh, th- this would have not persisted beyond um, that first round if it wasn't for... Um, your encouragement um, and really glad we could make this happen um, and before we sign off i just want to say thank you so much for what you've done for this community uh, it's really invaluable uh the the resource that you've created here and and I, I hope that i can do it justice going forward but thank you so much for everything you'll do beautifully 
Well, Jared and Mary Beth, thank y'all. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. All emotional again. <laughs> I know. And maybe we'll see you in the future for, I don't know, maybe not a shrimp cocktail, but sardine cocktail, maybe? <laughs> just say one more thing. Please. To uh, Jacob. Is, I mean, you say it's not possible if not for me. It's not possible if it's not for you. And I just, going back to what Ted says, rule no, his rule number one was just asking. Yeah. And you're just asking all of these years to be on a podcast, you know, to sponsor the podcast, to, you know, to sell us the podcast. I, I think that is really just, just drives home. It's just, you know, you're not going to get, you know, somewhere. I, I heard someone recently say it's the world is run by people who show up. Yeah. You have always shown up. Yes. And I think just mm. asking is part of that. So I really, you've been inspiring to me and I'm sure all of your listeners in the community and we wish you the best in your future fish pursuits. <laughs> Thank you, Mary Beth. It's, it's so kind. I know it won't be the, the last time we all chat. I'll, I don't think I'm subscribed to my own podcast, but I'll become a subscriber, follow along. I'll always <laughs> here to cheer you all along, assist however I can. Um, really exciting chapter ahead from the Not Boring Tech Writer. <laughs> Thanks so, so much, much, Jacob. All the very best. Beautiful. Well, thank y'all. Enjoy the day. We'll talk soon. Happy holidays. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this final episode of the year. I know this episode has run a little long already, but before we finish up, I want to do a few thanks here at the end of the show. Um, I want to thank Jacob for being a really great and wise friend to have, as well as such a great mentor and support for me as we've been going through this transition. I really wish him all the best in his future endeavors. And who knows, maybe we'll have him back on the podcast further down the line to see how he's been getting on. I also want to thank our chief executive owl, Mary Beth Alexander, for being such a great guest on the podcast and talking so candidly with us. We're going to be back in 2021 with all the great content you need to enhance your skill set, improve your marketability, and diversify your career. As we mentioned in the interview, we also want to introduce the humans behind the docs and explore some of the stories they bring with them. This is a two-way conversation. We would love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch with us about anything we've said over the course of this episode, or even if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast... We don't quite have our social media game on point quite yet, but you can head on over to the notboringtechwriter.com and click on contact if you want to get in touch with us. And finally, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate a change in host of your a podcast that you like isn't always an easy thing, but I really hope you'll stick with us during this change. There's so much exciting stuff to come. Um, so until then, please stay safe out there. Have a really great and peaceful festive season, and we'll see you in the new year. Until then, I'm Jared Doran, and you are the Not Boring Tech Writer.